Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful joy to have Pastor Charlie and Sharon Sweet with us. Such a powerful, prophetic preaching anointing on them. They're such wonderful people, servants of the Lord, dear friends, and we're glad to welcome them once again to Christ City. Would you stand this morning and give a warm welcome to Pastor Charlie and Sharon Sweet as they come and minister. Pour out their hearts to us this morning and this evening. We welcome you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. This is, you may be seated. This is my awesome wife. We were kind of high school sweethearts. We knew each other two years. Then we got married, and this May we'll be married 46 years. And um, we have three incredible young men who are our sons and an incredible daughter, all married. And we have 12 grandchildren. Can you? There they are. <laughs> That's our wealth. <laughs> and uh, we're just blessed. Number 12, of course, wasn't in there yet, but she came along shortly thereafter. You want to say something? Hi. Um, well, <laughs> I just want to say it is such an honor and a blessing to be here. We love this whole body. We love your pastors, and uh, we are really blessed. You have really taken such good care of us. We thank you for your hospitality, and uh, we just can really feel your love. So I don't want to take any more time, because I know he wants to go. So <laughs> God bless. <laughs> I want to bring a word to you this morning that actually started percolating in me shortly after Christmas, and then I shared it with your pastor, you know, I shared just a little exhortation with him, and he got all excited. And um, so God brought this. It's called Tile Breakers, Whatever It Takes. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of recap what took place here this morning. Healing power is for the broken, the outcast, the lost. Jesus waits for us. He's not at the top of a ladder saying, come on up. He's at the bottom of the ladder saying, here I am. You know, we don't even have to climb a ladder. And, you know, it says, you know, we were singing, and, and you guys were singing all my favorite songs this morning, but let the, let the streets resound with singing, we're going to dance in the river. Come on. The, the young people and people were up here dancing in the river, and we were singing, Oh, healer, you're welcome here. Let, your faith, let our faith arise. You're the God of miracles. There's nothing impossible for you. You are the one that heals us all. We have that resurrection power, that deutimous power that raised Christ from the dead is inside each and every one of you. Don't waste the power. You know, it says we declare your healing mercies. They are for now and forevermore. 
They're there. They're there, people. Healing power for the broken. Healing power for the outcast. Healing power for the lost. Jesus waits for us. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness because that is who he is. And he's still the same God today that he was yesterday. Even though I may not see everything he's doing, he never stops working for his children and for his people. Why? Because that's who he is. Man, I could stop right there. I'm all excited. Man, get into worship. You know, you guys, I don't know if you realize it. Sometimes it just takes an outsider to come in, but maybe you realize it. But you have one of the most awesome we're awesome worship teams that my wife and I have ever come across. And believe me, in a three-year period, we're in about 150 different churches. And this place is awesome. It's just awesome. And I want you to know that. You are a blessed, blessed people. Okay, now, i gotta get my, I got to get my computer. I'm just horrible with technology. I apologize. It's not giving me what I want. Bear with me. Come on. Work with me. Work with me. Oh, I hate when this happens. Bear with me one second here. In the name of Jesus. There we go. No, still not. Still does not want to cooperate. But that's okay. Now it just went blank on me. Isn't that nice? Try one more time, folks. If not, I will wing it if I have to. Okay, let's put the next slide up there. All right. Key verse. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching Jesus that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, who? Jesus. And when they could not find uh, by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, your sins are forgiven thee. Wow. Wow. If this doesn't cooperate, we're going to have a problem here. There we go. Hallelujah. See, you just got to pray over things, man. Let me show you something. Next slide. This is what God spoke to me. This is prophetic for you guys. Christ City is a tile-breaking family of believers. Come on. What does that mean? You're a people who understand that sometimes you have to be let down before you're lifted up. 
You're a people who will go out of your way to help a friend. You're a people of faith who tuck in your hearts that the Lord's healing power is on Jesus. You're a people that understand that this man's healing was a direct result of the faith of his friends. Come on now. Come on. It's going to get deeper, so you better tell your neighbor, strap in. You're a people who knows faith matters. And by the way, you have all these slides, so you could do whatever you want with them. You want to hand them out if you think they're good enough, whatever you want to put them online. They're there. They're yours. These men did everything in their power to make sure their friend had an opportunity to be at the feet of Jesus. You're a people who understand that we must have this kind of faith and that we can never give up on somebody. And most of all, you're a people that know your faith matters. Wow. Let's put up the next slide. Do you, you know, it says, after Jesus did this, it says, the people left saying they saw amazing things. Can I tell you something? If we want to see amazing things, like signs, wonders, and miracles, we must have an unwavering faith in the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, you need to get excited. Don't be the stoic people people tell me you are, because I know you're not. Glory to God. Come on. Visible faith. The Pharisees, listen to this, the Pharisees were not there to learn from Jesus. They were there to pass judgment on him. And I've learned this, a heart that judges others will block faith. I know, I've had my faith blocked by people who say things, have said things about me, or, or judged my spirit. Or I, can I say this to you? Don't judge others. Matter of fact, the Bible says don't judge another's heart. What is visible faith? It's a faith that overflows from your heart. A faith that comes from the heart that has been transformed by God and a faith that is visible from the inside out. It's not a phony kind of faith. It comes from right inside of you. Visible faith is being so filled with love for God that it spills out in all of our actions and everything that we do. You know, you can tell somebody Jesus loves them. You can tell them that Jesus died for them, but if they've got an empty belly or they don't have a warm place to sleep, they will not get it. Why? Because Jesus says to use our demonstration power. To demonstrate the love of God. That's visible faith. This visible faith is being so filled with the love for God that it spills out in all of our actions. You know, I used this example the other day. There were two disciples, and people saw them from a distance. They didn't even know who they were, and they said, look at those two. They must have been with Jesus. That's how visible faith is, that people can see from a distance that you are a king's kid and that your faith goes deep, and you don't even have to speak. You just, you just like a water sprinkle, 
of God's faith in your life. It's being so filled with thanksgiving for who God is that you can't help share it with others. You know, Matthew 5.3 says this. I didn't put it up there. I added a lot this morning, so I'm trying to get it all in. God blesses. God has compassion for those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. When our heart is in the right place and our motives are pure, then those visible ways we show our faith is authentic. Everybody left that day saying, we have seen some amazing things. I'm here today all the way from Tequesta, Florida to tell you something to get you to remember because I know it's already in your heart, but to remind you that we can still see amazing things because Jesus is still doing amazing things because Jesus is alive and well and he's working through you and me. But we have to have faith for it to happen. He still has the power to forgive sins and heal the sick. Hannah said in in her heart, I was not born to be barren. You are not born to be barren. You you were born, and you got born again, and you asked Jesus in your heart that you would be a fruit bearer, that you would bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. And she kept praying to him, and she says, I want a son. I want a baby. Lord, answer my prayer. You know, sometimes we have to wait for a miracle. Sometimes the miracle is long-term, but we serve an awesome God. He never leaves or forsakes us. Our names are inscribed in the palm of his hands. He, he, sometimes we just got to know miracles won't be immediate. Sometimes they require some long-suffering. But you know what? You still have to show up even though it's not immediate. I'll say it again. You still have to show up even though those answers to prayer are not immediate. You know what my saying is? Delayed answers to prayer carry interest and dividends when they're answered. Come on. Come on. You got to grab, get this in, get this into your spirit. Hannah, she learned how to pray. She was an intercessor. She looked for the cloud and she kept going until. Uh, well, Master, I don't see anything. Go back again. But, Master, I don't see anything. Go back again. Seven times he went back. And on the seventh time, which is the number of perfection, by the way, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he goes back and says, Woohoo! I saw it. I saw a cloud. And he says, We better get going because it's about to rain. Christ City, it's about to rain. It's about to rain. You can't give up. You can't give up. It says he grabbed himself by his belt and he outran the chariots because he didn't want to get stuck in the heavy deluge of rain that was about to fall. 
sometimes something has to shift inside of us before we see the outward shift. I'll say it again. Sometimes we have to have a shift take place in us before we can physically see the outward shift. Wow. 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 I'm getting excited. Next slide. Now, don't get upset with me. If we want to see amazing things, signs, wonders, and miracles, quit acting like the Pharisees. Stop standing on man-made rules. Stand on the promises of God. I'm preaching this to myself because I've done this. She's right here. When she was given basically a death sentence in 1995, I'm like, what are we going to do? And she goes, hey, look, they say I got this. I ain't going anywhere. You know, we need to remind each other of the faith that God has put inside of us. We need to help lift one another up. Listen, these Phar the word Pharisee, by the way, means to divide or separate something. Tile breakers are people of covenant, not covenant breakers. The Pharisees had so many legalistic rules that it was impossible for even the Pharisees to keep them. They became hypocrites of their own rules. But here's what I like. I like, this. I like the accounts of David and Jonathan. Can I read a couple of them to you? Because this is what I believe is true covenant. You know what I believe? Sharon and I believe that God puts covenant relationships together. You know, kind of like when you get married. And it says, until death do we part in sickness and in health. Jonathan and David, 1 Samuel 18, 3. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as much as he loved himself. A solemn pact. When you make a covenant with God, you're making a solemn pact. When you make a covenant with your, with your spouse at marriage, you're making a solemn pact. When someone and I come into a relationship, a covenant relationship, I'm making a solemn pact with them. And I'm saying, like I said to someone the other day, I will stand with you no matter what goes on, no matter what storm comes into your life. Even if you make a mistake, even if you say something that will hurt my feelings, I am going to forbear it and overlook it because I made a solemn pact with you. You're my friend and we are friends till death. We need to have covenant relationships. How can the people outside these four walls know we're true if they don't see us as covenant makers? Just saying. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 18, 4. Jonathan sealed the pack by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Do you understand back then that was their total possession? He sealed a pack by giving everything that was outwardly worth something to seal it. 
If you're going to touch, if you're going to grow the kingdom of God, you've got to let your communities, your neighborhoods, the people around you know that God is real, and you can't just preach to them all the time. You've got to show them the love of Christ. Oh, don't shout me down. Oh, my God, I need some earplugs up here. Look at this. Next slide. The Pharisees were prideful and closed-minded. They were self-righteous. They had selfish hearts. They, they, they practiced spiritual blindness, hearts with no vision. They were into pettiness, small-minded hearts. They were into legalism. They were strict, literal hearts. They resisted anything new. That shows you a closed heart, and they hardened their hearts to people's suffering. It was a lack of a compassionate heart. They did not live Ephesians 6.18 and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert! Man, if I could say anything to you this morning, be alert! The horn is being blown. The trumpet is being blown in this house. Wake up! Get alert! For the Lord is coming. He's coming to sit by the well of salvation of this house. He's saying, you've got so much inside, it's going to be a year of overflowing. When something overflows, it overflows the brim, and it's going to start to spill out into your cities and your streets and your, your communities and in your schools and in your government. And it says, be alert and always keep on praying all the Lord's people. Listen, these Pharisees knew Jesus was not trained in their schools. Therefore, Jesus didn't have their stamp of approval. Can I tell you, the world is not going to give you their stamp of approval as soon as they hear who you are. I know, been there, done that. When we built our 13,000-square-foot grocery store, I feared my life every day because those contractors hated me. Because I would just smile at them and say, well, praise God. You're not going to get paid until you do it my way. I write the checks. But you know what? These Pharisees, and they're out there in the world, we need to face something. There's going to be people who are going to try to discourage you. They're going to laugh at your vision. They're going to say, what? What are you, crazy? What kind of church do you go to? That's what happened to us when we got saved. Oh, my God, you joined a cult. No, no, no. We didn't join a cult. Oh, yeah, you give all of your money. No, no. We don't give all of our money. Oh, well, you know, they're going to brainwash you. Well, you know what? If this is brainwashing, then I'm brainwashed for Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
People try to fit you in a mold. In, they, they, they try to discourage you because they can't fit you in the mold that they want you to be fit into. And they're going to discourage your visible faith and your compassion towards people because you're not fitting the mold. Well, I'm a mold breaker and a covenant maker. You're not going to fit me into a mold any longer. I don't need the world's stamp of approval because the day I go home, there is only one judge that I got to stand before. It's not a president. It's not a senator or congressman. What do you call them here? I don't know. Whatever you call them, you're not going to have to stand before them. I sure would like to be there in the bleachers when some of them have to stand before Jesus because I just want to see how it goes. But anyway, next slide. Compassion moves us to an awareness of needs. Compassion moves us to action to meet the needs. Compassion demands that we act like Jesus. The compassion of Jesus revealed the depth of his love for hurting people who were all around him. People are dealing with massive debt, broken marriages, addictions, terrible childhood, depression, oppression. Children going wayward. Our faith can... If you get anything out of this, listen to this statement that I'm making to you. Our faith is worthless if it doesn't show the compassion of Christ. Compassion allows us to see other people, to see our communities, to see our leaders through the eyes of Jesus. Wow. Compassion allows us to stay focused on other people instead of ourselves. Man, we opened up this 13,000 square foot grocery store in the inner city. It was my last project before we just permanently moved to Florida. And the day we opened the doors, it has not stopped. It's crazy. We started with a part-time chef because we have a full commercial kitchen. We cook ethnic foods for the people in our inner cities. We take care of the senior citizens. We take care of people on the streets. We're taking care of all these people. And we had to go to two full-time chefs and a part-time chef. And they're still having a hard time keeping up, cooking all the food to feed our city. 350,000 people were served last year in our city, and not one of them was a duplicate. Come on. Think about it. Think about it. That's the compassion. You see, when God, when you move into the compassion of God, and there is a bill, he'll pay the bill. See, I believe that compassion opens the eyes of our heart. Remember the song? Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. And he lets us gain vision of what God wants us to see the kingdom as. Wow. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who has compassion on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. Deuteronomy 15.7-8 says, If there are poor among you in the land the Lord 
God has given you. Do not be selfish or greedy toward them, but give freely to them and freely lend them whatever they need. I'm not making this up. It's in there. Healing is the children's bread. Give God a reason to bless you. Look at this. Look at Isaiah 58, verse 7 through 8. Sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. And when your light shall break forth like the dawn and your wounds shall quickly be healed, your vindication shall go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. What has God called us to do? You're looking at someone, you're looking at two people that have been saved for over 35 years. I have worked in the inner city for 20 years. And here's what God said. Stop telling everybody about me and start demonstrating who I am. He said, demonstrate the power that I have put inside of you. And he took me right to Isaiah 61.1. We should all know it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and the prisoners will be set free. How are we doing? Are we doing good? We're doing good. Next slide. The Jewish culture was that the teachers should sit and the students stand. They sat to give the appearance that they were in control. The Pharisees were there to teach and impeach who Jesus is. Had, I believe, had the Pharisees, let me just paint this picture. This was a house that all of this was taking place in. It was packed. There was no room in there. And all the Pharisees were sitting, many of them, in the front row. Now no one will sit in the front row ever again. But anyway, they were sitting in the front row. And I believe had the Pharisees all stood, there would have been enough room to get Jesus, or for those friends to get their friend at the feet of Jesus, but because they weren't standing, they couldn't get him in, and I believe that was allowed of God because Jesus was teaching the Pharisees and everybody that stood inside in that house and outside of that house a very good object lesson. The home was packed. They couldn't get in. Kind of reminds me of the birth of Jesus. No room in the inn. Didn't stop Jesus from being born. I believe these men had the same type of spirit. No room, we're going to make a way. Where there is no way, we're going to make a way. Why? Why? Another key I want you to walk out of here with. Jesus invests in us, so we, in turn, invest in others. Y'all, everybody okay? Can I finish this up? Next slide. If we want to see amazing things, signs, wonders, and miracles, we must invest our time in others. These men invested their time in finding Jesus, taking their friend to the house, moving through the crowd, getting to the roof, and digging to get in. Wow. Wow. They were serious about their visible faith. 
They were serious about their faith, so serious that they knew beyond a shadow of the doubt that if they get their friend in front of Jesus, he will be healed. They were serious about Jesus working a miracle in their presence. Sometimes there are serious obstacles that stand between us and God moving in our lives and other people's lives, and we must always believe that God is always going to make a way where there seems to be no way in our lives. But we have to have that visible faith that says, I am not going to quit. I am not going to be denied my destiny. I am going to press through. I'm going to cast out all doubt, and I'm going to exercise persistent, visible faith in everything that I do. Wow. You know, these men could have just said, ah, ah the room's filled. It's too inconvenient. It's just too much trouble. It's too much work. By the way, this is going to be really embarrassing if we have to try to press through this crowd and, oh my God, what will happen if we fail at this and we can't get this guy to Jesus? Baloney, 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 baloney. We sung, we sang a song about basically the woman who pressed through the crowd. And she didn't, it says she touched. She didn't touch. She grabbed. Christ City, it's time to grab. It's time to grab with your visible faith. Look at this slide. Next slide. How high will you climb for a friend? The whole Christian church is full of sacred praise to the Lord and glory, glorify God with our lives in every way. Charles Spurgeon said that. My question to you is, how high? Will you climb for a friend? How high will you climb for someone you don't even know, but they don't know where their next meal is going to come from? They don't know where they're going to sleep tomorrow. They don't know Jesus. They may, they may need a healing. They need salvation. Their lives have fallen apart. We don't know. I'm just wondering, how many times do lives go untouched by Jesus because it's too much work or it's too inconvenient or it's too embarrassing or it has a potential for failure? Just saying. Boy, you, I won't be back here ever again. I can tell you right now, man, we're, we're, striking some, we're striking some pegs here. Listen, I'm preaching to you right out of our lives because I was there when I was called to the inner city. She will tell you I sat there and I cried and I said, I am not going to the inner city. 20 years ago. Now I have to leave the inner city and I'm fighting because I'm leaving the inner city. Thank God these men didn't let all these obstacles and all these problems divert them from their mission, which was to get their friend to Jesus. They kept on pressing in because they knew Jesus was the only hope for their paralyzed friend. Folks, Jesus is the only hope for people who are paralyzed, that don't know him, that their marriages are falling apart, their jobs are falling apart, they're suicidal, they got problems in their family, and they don't know what to do. They're paralyzed by the world. And they need someone like you and I that says, we've got faith, we're going to get you to Jesus. Who would have thought to be a tile breaker? Nobody but those 
who loved much and desired to see salvation, to see the sick healed, the lame healed, the blind see, and the deaf hear. Look at this. No matter how big the obstacles, never, say never, give up. According to the Apostle Mark's account, the house was packed. They went up on the roof. They broke up the roof tiles, and they dug through. Back in that time, you saw in the earlier picture, the houses had stairs along the side because in the hot summer nights, they would go up and sleep on the roof to stay, to stay cool. These guys, these friends, man, I wish I had friends. I hope I have friends like these friends. They could not get into that house, and they knew their goal, their only goal was get this guy and our friend in front of Jesus' feet. So they did everything and anything to get the job done. So they went up the stairs along the side of the house onto the flat roof, and, and, and they, it, it had to take a lot of work to carry this guy up those rickety stairs, get him up on the roof, and then, say then, no, no, then the Apostle Mark states that they broke up and removed the rock tiles. They not only took the rock tiles off, but they had to dig an opening in the roof large enough to lower this paralyzed guy, this lame guy, through the roof. Now, if any of you have ever done construction, think about they're digging a hole to do this, to lower this guy down in the stretcher. It says, when I studied it in Manners and Customs, they dug through layers of timber. They covered, they, and they had layers of sticks and mud. Imagine the owner of the house saying, what the heck are you guys doing? That's my roof. But more importantly, you know, God just gives me pictures. I'm thinking, here's the Pharisees sitting there all smug and twigs and mud chunks and dust is starting to fall on everybody. And I said, this is just how Jesus works to get someone's attention. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm going to cause these guys to do a little demolition. And it's going to cause a demolition in the unbeliever's heart sitting in this room. And you know, as soon as that stuff started to fall, I don't know about you, but I'd be looking up. What are those guys doing? Their goal was, we got to get our friend positioned for, God, for Jesus to bring salvation and healing to him. And I believe these men, these friends that carried him, answered an age-old question. Do we have the faith to believe that God can use us? Do we have the faith to believe God will use us, and I believe it was a resounding yes in their hearts just by their actions, and they proved it by their visible faith. Look at this. But friends with visible faith will never give up on you. Imagine this scene. The dust settles as the people are looking up, and they see this. 
the men lower their paralyzed friend down from the roof right in front of Jesus. That's what we were doing at Compassion Coalition. We're bringing mattresses to people's home. We're bringing salvation into their home. We're actually lowering stuff right into their very hearts and bringing the salvation of God. And, and people come in our store that are obviously, uh, they got turbans on because they've got cancer and they're going through things. And our cashiers will say, can we pray for you? And they go, yes. And the whole store stops. Right, Sharon? And even unbelievers, they don't know what they're doing, but they're stretching their hands toward that person. They didn't just come to get physical food for their bellies. They're there because they're going to get a spiritual feeding while they're there. Come on. This is what it's about. It's what it's all about. Look at this. Look at this. Next slide. Almost there, folks. What happens next was unexpected. They expected Jesus to heal their friend. Instead, Jesus, I love, he just shocks us all the time. He shocks everyone in the room and on that roof. Luke 5.20 says, Then he saw their faith and he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. It was not just the faith of the paralyzed man. It was the faith of the men who went through the extremes to get them him there. It takes everybody's faith to move the manifest hands of God. Many times it's our own faith that God brings our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors in. But you know what? I believe God is calling this house to a larger corporate faith like you have never seen before. That you're all coming together. You know, you add my faith to yours. You add your faith to mine. And you know what? Yeah. That man might have been paralyzed by sin. He might have been overwhelmed by worldly burdens. He might have been pressed down by worry and doubt. But we can say as the body of believers, I know someone who can heal you. I know somebody that can set you free. I know somebody that can bring you great joy. And by the way, when he sets you free, free you are free indeed come on come on that's who God has made you and I pastor Mark can you come up here please hallelujah glory to God look at this wow I'm getting (laughs) I need to get back in the gym Jesus touched the life of one paralyzed man and changed him forever. These men exhibited visible faith, and they did whatever it took. See, here's what I believe. The right attitude will lead to the right action, resulting in a great move of God. A sinner was saved and healed by Jesus because of the determination, because of the visible faith of his friends. Folks, you know what? If you're going to reach a city, if you're going to reach friends, if you're going to reach relatives, you're going to have to learn how to climb up on the roof because there's going to be doubt and unbelief. You know, Pharisees is a picture of doubt and unbelief. 
And doubt and belief is all around us. Every day we face that. We got to get up on the roof. We got to pull off the tiles. And we got to dig in to see that miracle. Look at this. I love all these pictures. Oh, I wish I could have been there. Oh, my God. Imagine if we were sitting here right now, and all of a sudden we hear footsteps up on the roof. And all of a sudden you hear hammers and noise and dust falling. And then all of a sudden you see someone being lowered into the service. Hallelujah. We don't have to go through all of that anymore. All we got to do is break the hard tiles off of people's lives, off their hearts, off their situations, and dig in with them. Let Jesus out of the box of our personal expectations. Take the limits off of God. Well, I don't know if we can do this. You know, we used to say this. <laughs> My pastor used to say, Charlie, write a $5,000 check. We're going to sew into someone's building fund. And I'd go, we don't have $5,000. He would say, write it by faith. Okay. Put the check in the mail. Right, Sharon? $10,000 check would come in the next day. You can't outgive God. When God has called you to do something, the provision will be there. Wow. Let yourself be let down at the foot of Jesus so that we can be lifted up. I believe, even myself, when, when I was writing this, <laughs> I had a real conversation with the Lord. Here's what he told me. Next slide. Don't let the Pharisees of the world rob you. Luke 5, 24. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy mat and go home. I'm saying to you this morning, Arise and pick up your mat. Wow, and move into the things of God. Almost there. Look at this, next slide. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Next slide. I love this slide you had up the other day. Outside of the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. A.W. Tozer, I put on there whatever it takes. I'm not going to let fear. I'm not going to. I am not going to let unbelief. I am not going to let doubt come into me. The end result of this account in the Bible from Jesus, God was glorified and praised by everyone who saw what, was hap what had happened. Folks, can I tell you something? Don't go into these kind of things looking for the glory. To God be the glory. Yea, God. Yea, God and everything he does. You know, we're just the hands. We're just the feet. We're just the instruments. These men realize when we're inside the will of God, we fear nothing. 
Isn't that what Christian life is all about? To love one another? To bring hurting friends to Jesus? That he will use you and me to bring lost people to salvation? That he will use you and me to lay hands upon the sick and see them recover? That he's going to do whatever it takes to, for us to move with the power that he's put in us, that we will have the same attitude. We're going to do whatever it takes to get people saved, to reach our city, to reach our schools, to reach a generation that has turned their back on them. What are we going to do? Are we just going to sit there and let it happen, or are we going to let that dutimous power that's inside of us go to work? that we start breaking off those tiles of people's hard hearts and, and not understanding, and, and they're so encased with the things of the world. Our purpose is to bring praise to the Lord and glorify God with our lives in every way we live and breathe. And I'm telling you, it's our job to get the word out there. It's our job to help those that can't help themselves. It's our job to help get them in front of Jesus because they'll never get there. I happen to believe, I don't believe, they'll get there on their own. And here's the last slide. Will you be a tile breaker? Who will bring hurting friends and loved ones to Jesus no matter what the cost? This church, you know, normally I say the church is not a love boat it's a battleship but this church is going to be the love boat carrying the grace the mercy the healing power the salvation the cup of cold water to those who he wants and I'm telling you by the Spirit of God if you'll step out if you'll step out today listen we've been here enough times so I'm not I feel kind of like I'm family. You know, spent already the, since the first of the year, spent 26 days in Canada. So, you know, maybe I'm going to be an honorary Canadian someday. And we're going home for two weeks, and then we go to Grand Prairie. So, hallelujah, glory to God. Lord, let spring come early in Grand Prairie. Anyway, I'm here by the Spirit of God to tell you this morning, I can sense it, I know, I did it. For 20 years, we had a breakthrough, so many roofs, Pastor, to get where we needed to go. And God is, I said this to your pastor, this church is going to another level. I believe there's a new level of supernatural falling upon this house. Every leader, every life group leader, every, every person in this church is going to have to go to the next level. You're going to the next level. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I just keep looking at you, and God says you need to get ready because there's a shaking coming to your foundation, says the Lord. It's going to shake like it's never shook before, says the Lord your God. You're going to touch people that you never thought you would touch, says God. You need to get ready that there is a generational blessing inside of you to touch generations and to bring them, to lower them to the feet of Jesus. You yourself have had to be lowered. Are you with him?
You part, you hitched to him? Are you married? No? Okay, now I'm going to stick with, right with you. But it's on you too. God is saying, lower yourself down even a little, long, a little longer and a little lower, says the Lord. He's going to hit you with such illumination and such revelation that you're going to be unstoppable in what God is doing. I feel to tell you God is saying welcome back because there's some things in your life that you put on the shelf and God says, I'm going to rejuvenate them. I'm going to get them going again, says the Lord. I don't know what it means. I don't know if you know him, but glory to God. Here's what I want to do. I feel this is a solemn moment in this house. God said to me this morning, this altar is going to flow a new river, a new river of compassion, a new river of love, uh, a river of tile-breaking mentality. You know, a tile-breaking mentality, if you come and talk to Sharon and me, we'll tell you. We built an inner-city grocery store. The bill for it was $6 million. We did it for $4 million because people volunteered time and product and everything, completely turnkey. Sharon and I are two people that you can't use the word impossible in front of us. You can't, because, man, we'll rip your tiles right off your head. We'll rip it. We'll rip through. We're, we're, we'll burrow in. We're like ticks on a dog, man. Once we burrow in, we don't go nowhere. And no dip is going to get rid of us until we see the goodness of the Lord be made manifest amongst the land of the living. Come on. So here's what I want to do this morning. Here's what I want to do this morning. Pastor, I'm here. Wow. This, this Italian's losing some oil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm here this morning, and yeah, I'm a good Christian, and I got faith, but I want a visible faith. I want a faith that's unstoppable. I want a, I want a faith that says, Pastor, here I am. You know, Pastor, I love it. I, when I was the executive pastor at our church, so I had people come up to me and say, I signed up on the list, but don't call me. I just did it so people will see my name on there. I want to be a person that says I'm signing up for whatever is going on because it's about time. The enemies had my city, had my relatives, had our grandchildren, had our cousins, our nieces, our nephews, our teachers, our government. You know, well, you know, Charlie, you don't understand. It's hard here. Listen, the Bible says no city is too hard for our God. You know what? So we're going to believe. You, you, you keep hitting me with excuses. I'm going to slam the Bible right at you. I'm going to just keep giving you verses after verse because it's very clear matter of fact there's a verse that says if you don't take care of the poor and needy uh oh I won't take care of you just saying so I believe this morning God wants to do a commitment and we're going to wrap up because we've got to go and going to be back tonight going to talk about thought processes because see if you're going to have a tile breaking mentality you got to change your thought process I'm here this morning, Pastor, and I'm drawing a line in the sand this morning, and I'm signing up for active duty. I'm not going to be in the reserves anymore. You know, whatever is said, when the call comes, when the, when the clarion trumpet call comes to declare it's time to put the hand on the plow and it's time to tell the enemy, we're serving you an eviction notice, devil. You have no place in my home, no place in my city, no place in my school. We're evicting you. 
If that's you and you say, you know what, I want a new blessing today, stand up. Stand right up where you're at. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand up. I'm not, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to be who God has called me to be. Glory to God. Lord Jesus, you see at each and every heart here right now, Lord God Jesus. I'm going to prophesy over you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we just say, Lord, lift up. Lift up these vessels, Lord. Drill even uh, for a deeper gold inside of them, Lord God Jesus. Some of them standing here today declaring in front of you right now are going through the very same things. Lord, that they need a fresh touch. They need oppression. They need depression. They need uh, their families put back together. They need whatever their need is, Lord God Jesus. You're going to fill the need because we can't go to war wounded. We got to go lifting up our swords of the Lord. We got to go with the shield of faith. We got to shot our feet. We got to have the helmet of salvation. And we got to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that will come against my family, that will come against my schools, that will come against my church? I walked in here this morning and God said, Charlie, do you believe I can fill every seat in this building three times on a Sunday? And I said, yes, I can. Because if each and every one of you brought one, it would be double. If each and every one of you bring two, it goes to triple. Put your hands up in the air. Come on. Oh, I'm a, I'm a bossy person. I'm sorry. Put your hands up. You know, when we first got saved, they said, put your hands up. It forms a cup, and you'll catch everything that falls down from heaven. So today we're going to catch everything that falls down from heaven. Lord, we declare right now, Lord God, your goodness, your strength, your mercies. Lord, you have called this house to be a tile breaking, tile-busting uh, church, that hearts are about to be broken open, that this altar will be filled with people, with salvation, but more importantly, God, let their homes be filled with salvation. Let people get saved in their homes, in their cars, in restaurants, wherever they go. Let a new boldness come upon this house. Let a boldness come. Let a, let a sound come out of this house. Let a cry of victory come out of this house. Let a cry that Hannah cried, Lord God, give me my son. Listen, those of you that are here that are saying, I'm too tired. I don't know if we could birth this baby. Yes, you can. You've got the strength. You've got the anointing. You're not too weak. You're victorious in Christ. God says, stop listening to the negative thoughts of the world. Stop listening to people when they say it's impossible because your word of God says all things are possible through my God who strengthens me. The very name of this church, Christ City. You are a city on the hill. 
You're a lighthouse. You're a lighthouse. You're a beacon of refuge. Let your homes be places of refuge. A refuge is a safe place where people can come and get healed and saved. Oh, Lord, thank you for Christ City's people. Thank you for every tilebreaker that's standing here today. Lord, whatever the situation is, heal it right now in your precious name. Let your healing waves of mercy just go all around this sanctuary, Lord God Jesus. Lord, let them walk out of here encouraged. Let them walk out of here healed. Let them walk out of here knowing that through our God all things are possible. Let them walk out of here knowing that no doubt or unbelief is ever going to be in their hearts any longer. Lord, let them walk out of here knowing that they're going to be tile breakers. They're going to be like the friends in this account that says we're going to press through every obstacle. We're going to press through everything that comes in our way. No matter how bad the room looks, no matter how crowded it is, no matter how dusty we're going to make it, no matter how much demolition we're going to do, our job is to see people saved, healed, and set free, says the Lord.